This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This episode of Vet Candy is sponsored by Vetramax, makers of Command Shampoo and Atopic Cream HC 1% Hydrocortisone Leave-On Lotion. Learn more at VetramaxProducts.com. Podcast in other news, a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts. I am Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach me if you've got something wonderful to say at Jen at myvetcandy.com. For all other things interesting and important, please reach me at jason at myvetcandy.com. Okay, Jason. So our topic today is veterinary dermatology. Yeah. In other news, skin disease is still a thing. It, I mean, it is, a, it is a thing. Huge thing. It's a huge – well, I mean, pun not intended, right? Because you know what the, like, the biggest organ is in humans? Well, and it's my heart for me. That's my – Uh, I guess in general, I get it. It's skin, of course. Skin, it's like our first line of defense against infection is skin, right? 100%. I think everybody in this day now is familiar with the term PPE, personal protective equipment. And your first line of personal protective equipment is skin. 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 It's your skin. So it's the same thing for pets. Um, And uh, you know... We don't have to be experts, do we? Yeah, I was going to say, I probably, I probably don't know. Let's be honest. <laughs> Whatever you were going to say, I probably That's don't right. know. But right. But you know people who up. do. That's right. We, you know what? We're Chatfields. We always know guys who know guys, don't we? Yeah. I do. Yeah. So into the candy verse today comes such an expert, Dr. Ashley Bourgeois. That's just Thank fun you. to say. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wanted to say it, right? And, and you I have to be my husband. I blame oh. my husband. It's my oh. married name. So it is. So- I had to tell all my clients how to say it when I switched. Yes. And do, so do you parlez-vous? Parlez-vous Francais? No, but when I... So funny story, when I got married, my husband's from St. Louis. And uh-huh. when I got married, when I switched my name and I, I decided to switch it clinically, all my clients were all excited. They're like, oh, did you... Meet this French man. I'm like, I'm a tall guy from St. Louis. <laughs> You're like, no, he's from St. Louis. Wait, yeah, there, does that mean there's Louis. no French French people in St. Louis? What does that mean? Of course, you better bourgeois. What is that? Of course, it's French, right? That yeah. cosmetology. Yeah, it's just not as exciting as people were hoping. Right. I'm sorry, not cosmetology. The cosmopolitan area of the country known as St. Louis. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> fabulous i love it i love it so now so first of all you got to tell us where you went to vet school although i have a strong guess yeah i missouri um (laughs) i went to vet school but ironically my husband and i met when i was doing my residency in california oh so it was the missouri kind of connection that originally got us together um but we didn't meet there which a lot of people always assume so Mm -hmm. yeah Tell the, the truth. T- tell the truth. All right. You marry him for his last name. You said Ashley Bourgeois sounds fantastic. Well, so my second date. Yeah. Yeah. 
My maiden name was Stitch. So a lot of people actually thought I should have kept my maiden name. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I was a surgeon, that's right. But as a dermatologist, Stitch doesn't really help you very much. No, like shout out to Dr. Courtney Campbell, also a resident of the Candyverse. He wishes his last name would have been Stitch. Yeah, I think he's talked about changing it legally. 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe, yeah, maybe a hyphenated name. I don't know. Courtney yeah, Campbell Stitch. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Campbell Stitch. <laughs> I don't so know if fantastic. we're ever going to talk about dermatology, but, you know, here we are. We are. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So um, you did your residency in California, which is interesting. And so then you became a dermatologist, and now you're located? In Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Man, you have been all over the place. I know. Military. Oh, that's military right. Brought, so I'm used to it. But we you think and Jack Reacher. We yeah. You think you're going to stay in Portlandia? Don't they call it Portlandia? They do. Yeah. We, we really love it. So that's the plan right now. Yeah. And so don't they say like kind of like Austin, you know, we're from Texas. And so one of the, um, the slogans is keep Austin weird. Don't they say oh, keep yeah. Portland weird? They do. Yep. There's, it's up. It's up on some buildings and, you know, there's definitely pockets downtown that have that vibe, but it's like anywhere else. Like there's yeah. tons of different people and it's really fun. Yeah. And there's all kinds of people who own pets. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we want to get into it today. And um, one of the things that I really um, like, actually, um, we're going to talk about some things I don't like, I don't like to treat because they can be so frustrating for veterinarians. Mm-hmm. But actually, Jason, what do you think is the most frustrating thing for veterinarians with skin? You know, I, the most frustrating thing for veterinarians with skin, uh, probably diagnosing it, right? Sometimes it's really, really difficult to, di- to diagnose it, and clients just hate it. They just, it's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> they hate it. They're like, here, fix this and fix it with one shot. Let's go. I don't want to fix it. I don't, what do you mean it's going to take forever, right? Right. Uh, I think right. most skin problems boil down to allergy. I'm probably going to be corrected later on this podcast, but a lot of things take a while to figure out sometimes. So I think that's, you know, client, client mm-hmm. communication can be very difficult. So. What's the most common thing you see, Dr. Bourgeois? By far, allergies and oh, then the subsequent infections from it. So I think Jason's right on point. I mean... Oh, come on now. Dr. Oh, Bourgeois, yes. I Yes! Never happened on this, on this ever. Right. It's, right. It's, our, it's your first time in the Candyverse, and you're already yeah. starting out. <laughs> Boom, I need a shirt. I was right. Might be my last time, depending yeah. on you. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but he's, he is, he's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, allergies by far are frustrating because they're chronic. And where he said client communication can be frustrating, that's actually what I love about it. And that oh. doesn't mean it's not frustrating, but it's like a challenge of communicating with the client right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So first ear infection, first pyoderma, like just even though it could take us a while to figure out the diagnosis, it, setting their expectations right away helps yeah. so much with frustration. Yeah. I, and you know, yes, because it didn't get that way overnight, although it seems like all of a sudden the yes, pet every, is Yes, too... every single case overnight. I don't... Yeah. It's, what are you because, saying? Chronic it, cases are all overnight. In practice, uh, I see overnight. But what do you, you like? Do they tell you that it happened overnight, Dr. Bourgeois, or are they like fessing up that it's been going on for months? No, I think because I am the tertiary care, like either they're fussing up or they might say, oh, it's been a few months, but then I have the records. So I can say, they can say a few months, I'm like, oh, four years ago, you were actually (laughs) Four years ago. Is that like 48 months ago? 
you know, but you, so I live in the South. So, and uh, I've practiced in Texas and in Florida predominantly on the Gulf Coast. And like when people come in with an itchy dog and the client inevitably tells me, I think he has allergies. And I say, great, what's he on for flea prevention? And they say, well, we don't have fleas. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start with, do you see many cases that, you know, the client thinks it's uh, some kind of environmental allergen and it turns out that they're not on effective flea prevention? Or do you find that when it gets to you, it's, it's truly some allergen? Oh, no, I see tons of cases that predominantly are flea allergy dermatitis all the time. And that comes to just being comfortable with distribution of lesions, history, mm-hmm. asking mm-hmm. the easy questions. I think sometimes people get nervous because people, people get really defensive about yeah. flea control, right? Oh, like, yeah. As soon as you mention it, like you, if you kind of get nervous and back away right away, then mm-hmm. it's easy to forego that and not really mm-hmm. get them on that. I just warm up owners with saying you want it to be flea allergy. Like you want yeah. it to be flea allergy, yep. right? Like right. instead of allergy testing, that. done. That is an overnight that. fix. Here you go, done. I'm hero. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm like, there's not well. many things where you might only see me like twice. So right. if, if it's flea allergy, <laughs> like let's figure that out and yeah. be done. But yeah. the other thing is even common atopics very commonly, like we see atopy, so environmental allergies all the time. It's really common and for like them for, to for our new towns who maybe yeah. aren't familiar with the term atopy, like sure. Jen's quick and dirty and Jason yeah. Jen's quick and dirty definition of atopy is a dog or a cat that's allergic to the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I took boards, that's not how I defined it. But I think that's probably yeah. fair. <laughs> environmental. And that could be, and, the, and I think, I mean, I'm okay with that because a lot of times people think environmental, they think outside stuff, but it's tons of inside stuff. Yeah. But feel no pressure, Dr. Bourgeois, just because I'm a co-host. Feel no pressure to agree and say my definition. I already got slammed for agreeing with Jason. So. No, that, no, you didn't get slammed. You got praised and set up praised. on a pedestal. I don't know what you're talking about. That, I you, have you did a good thing there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think that's interesting that that, that atopy, because I mean, I do think in general practice, atopy is something that practitioners struggle with incredibly. That and then the other, like what we call weird stuff, like the pemphigus and all that. So, but yeah, so you still see pets that are not on flea prevention. And do you ever admit that you're not saying that their pet has fleas? (laughs) You're just saying that maybe because this product, whatever, you know, it is, but it has other side effects that are beneficial <laughs> not just for, <laughs> for the skin because yeah. that's like that's like or my blame, yeah or blame the neighbors yeah your dog doesn't have it but you know your next your door neighbor. to someone that has it you got a treat for it uh, right? so sorry blame your neighbor so uh, one thing i like to say is now that we have some of the products like the group of isoxazolines and all yeah. that you can phrase it more as like ectoparasite control because uh, then eliminating fleas lice mites like all those yeah. new ticks that's so true. that kind of helps. And I, and I'll tell people, I don't see fleas. Like it, it helps. Yeah. They get guarded up. I'm like, listen, I don't see fleas. And actually flea infestation has a completely different pattern of itch than flea allergy, like flea allergy. Mm-hmm. You're just sensitive to any exposure, which a normal pet could care less of a few fleas mm-hmm. jump on and jump off. So I tell them, Hey, it's not infestation. And actually that's not the pattern I'm seeing at all. They just might be sensitive to any exposure. Mm-hmm. And then Slowly, sometimes you can start to see the 
client's guard come down a little bit. Also say like, let's just commit to a few months. Like give me a few months. Let's just make sure that's not the big problem. And is it still like, for some reason it's in my head and, and, and this is what I tell people, you got to do three months of effective flea control before you can determine that it wasn't fleas, right? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Yeah, just you definitely can't just do one month based on uh-huh. the population and their exposure. I think at least a couple, and I would agree at least three, is really helpful to rule it out. And honestly, you're probably doing other things to make that pet comfortable in the meantime. Yeah. I also like to say it's prevention for a reason. Like we, right. prevent it. <laughs> we don't want you to see an infestation and then we decide right. to use it. Yeah. 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 I try to put the fire out. Do you, so there, that's also Jason, if you see a pet that has like crazy hot spots or something like this, did you give them like a little pop of a short acting steroid? Uh, I, I give them a card to the local dermatologist. That's what I do. I'm like, here, someone else take care of this. As much as I want to be hero, this is a mess. I don't want to deal with it. But did you just mention steroids and with a, with a skin doctor on? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm going to get it on my side. Like, no this, steroids. What's wrong with you? No, but this, but this is why I'm asking because so they come to me, right? And the dog is chewing and, and a lot of times it'll be at the base of the tail because right. somebody skipped a couple of months of flea prevention. Or, yeah. Or years. A, or years, you know, they'll say, oh, I missed last month. And I'm looking like, well, you haven't purchased it from us in, you know, 14 months. So <laughs> anyway, so they've got this giant red raw spot. The belly's pink, like the pet's panting. Are you, you know, setting yourself just... to be okay to give steroids? Are you setting well, yourself I'm just up saying, like, case? I just give like a little pop of like a low <laughs> dose, maybe half a mig per kig of a Dex SP, right? To put the fire out. Yeah. What right? do you think just about to... that? What do you think? That's what I'm asking. No, I'm, I don't want to answer that question. I'm, I'm asking the expert. I, I feel know. like I'm in the middle of a sibling rivalry, and no matter what, I'm <laughs> going to make someone an enemy. You're not going to make me bad. You're no. just going to be wrong. You already got praised. That's right. Um, so I don't hate it. Um, I will say that for me, there's a couple of things. Um, yeah. Not every like quote unquote hot spot that comes in will be treated the same. That's the thing. Oh, about yeah. Psychology. There's only so much stuff we have but every patient's different so one of course you get them on the prevention they need to be on Mm -hmm. um i would be checking infection because if they come in and the area that they're bothering is just rip roaring with bacteria you honestly Mm -hmm. might just be able to treat them with either topical or systemic depending Mm -hmm. on the case and severity and i do that absolutely like my standard cocktail is the the dex shot to put the fire out today and then I usually, if they're greasy and smelly, um, well, I clip and clean the wound. Yep, the that's hot important. Spot, right? Got to get the yep. get the gunk off. I my favorite is Silvadine. What what do you um, put on a hot spot for topical? Like if it's yeah, what what's your go to? Your first line empirical. Yeah, so if we're just going to do topical, and again, it always depends. Like my. I could always say that for derm, but mm-hmm. I always use <laughs> just a lot of chlorhexidine based stuff um, to uh-huh. treat it. So even just clipping and cleaning it and using something like chlorhexidine, I do like silver sulfadiazine. So I'm <gasps> doing that too. Yeah. Yes. Point for Jen. Favorite is point for Jen. <laughs> I've got a point for you. That's that's silverdine's great. Nathan, you job. already know that's my favorite. That's I love good. to frost the cake with oh silverdine. Yeah, yes. it's good. It's good for like ulcerative lesions too. Like it, they use SSD and like burns. So yeah, I no, exactly. And yeah. if you have you ever put it on yourself for a wound, like no. a cut or something? No. no? Oh my not. god! Instantly, it feels better. It's oh. so soothing. And you put a band aid on it overnight. You have Come no on. wound. Done. 
Heals up. Magic. <laughs> it's magic. Although now I have heard there's, um, <clears throat> there's some other stuff like the technology, right, is improving. So I have heard of this. It's a cross-linked hyaluronic acid. It's like a, so it like provides a matrix. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, based on knowing like the skin and wound healing and all that, like hyaluronic acid and how it can help repair. I mean, it's yeah. just like a lot of facial creams too, right? Like oh, that's true. Damage, like ceramized hyaluronic acid. Like when you think about the stuff we put on our skin to help with wrinkles or it's, yes. I mean, that's just biology of the skin. Same thing with, with animals, different products and pH sure. and stuff like that, but same idea. So as we go to break, what I'm thinking is I need to get on the interweb and get me some skincare product with some hyaluronic acid in it. Perfect. You mentioned it's for wrinkles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we'll be right back after a quick break. We got to pay some bills because uh, I need to get some more, uh, some more skin cream. I mean, Mama's got to get some skin cream. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Stick with us. On the other side, we're going to talk with uh, Dr. Bourgeois a bit more about how to do the best things you can for your pet's skincare. Hello, this is Dr. Michael Rossi, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist in one of the largest and most diverse cities in America, Houston, Texas. As a specialized veterinary dermatologist, we have had owners and patients travel thousands of miles in search of expertise for skin conditions, including innumerable cases of atopic dermatitis. I often recommend Vetramax's Command Shampoo and Atopicream HC Leave-In Conditioner as part of the multimodal approach to managing atopic skin. Command Shampoo is backed by clinical research and helps to eliminate bacteria, including those resistant to methicillin. The Atopicream HC will help to soothe inflamed skin and helps restore the skin barrier's integrity. Plus, it's fragrance and dye-free. Learn more at VetramaxProducts.com or visit with your local board-certified veterinary dermatologist. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, dermatologist extraordinaire, talking about skin care for your pet. So we kind of hit, we hit on allergies a little bit, um, and uh, we did talk about atopy some, and the hot spot, because I got to see that's like the most common thing, and flea prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ears, right? Because you guys treat ears, don't you? A lot of ears. A lot of ears. Okay. And I got to tell you, like my standards, do you give them a little pop of the big anti-inflammatory gun? <laughs> No. Again, it depends, right? So if I she did a political no. answer, what, what what she means by that is no. That's that's absolutely wrong. No, what no, you're no. doing? Not at all. So that's yeah, not yeah, wrong. That's what I you mean. said. That's what you said off air. You told me. What are no, you talking? No. About? <laughs> no? Okay. No. 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 Totally no. kidding. Kidding. Back Kenny, it up. Back it up. Never back said. It up. That. Okay. There's I, a reason I say it depends a lot, and that's because if you make a statement, everyone thinks, oh, every ear case I'm going to treat like this. Yes. Um. So if I have just a, hey, I'm doing great on whatever my allergy protocol is. If I have a patient who's mm-hmm. on immunotherapy and an occasional yeah. opacitinib and they yeah. get a little yeast otitis, yeah. I'm probably just going to treat it topically and recheck them and make sure they respond. If I get yeah. that cocker spaniel. Oh, you went there. Yeah. 
and I can't even get the scope in the ear, <laughs> then I am going to put them on some corticosteroids. I tend to put them on orals personally. Right? Um, like a little pred? Do you do pred? Yeah, managing them long term. We're kind of, you know, what are we going to do in the future? So that's why I say it depends. I don't hate that answer, but I don't believe every otitis needs yeah. steroids systemically, right. depending on the severity. Yeah. And I guess I do it for a couple reasons is uh, I do like the oral stuff if it's some, a dog that's so severe that I can't even lift the ear up without the growl and the anger. Right. And I'm worried about an oral hematoma yeah. um, forming. And so for those of you in the Candyverse who may not know, I didn't say oral. I said aural. Did you hear that <laughs> difference, Jason? I did. Aural. Yeah. yeah. It means, you know, like when the hanging down portion of their ear puffs up like a pillow um, and you got to drain it because they've been flopping their head. So those ones, if I'm worried about it, I will put them on an oral steroid because I can control the dose, you know, yep. and, and really titrate it. But if it's one that, you know, the dog gets chronic stuff. So the client's in early because they've seen yeah. it before and the dog's already flopping, then I might, I might pop a little shot with a little Dex SP. Yeah, you got to put the fire out before you can treat it. Yeah, I like that. So the one thing I will say is when you talk about steroids, you keep seeing Dex SP. So I do like that. No, I like that because it's short acting, right? It's short acting. That's right. Versus always relying on something like a long acting steroid and they're just getting out every few months and then all of a sudden there's problems. So you're talking about just a short course and a very short acting steroid. So that's, that's good. Yeah, just putting the fire out today yeah. because then my other treatments will have time to work and it'll be easier for the client to clean those ears out or put medication in the, that night and the next day, yeah. right? Before it really gets to action. So that's, that's when, so, so we're not causing, we're not doing the pet a disservice, Correct. I guess, by using a short acting one because I'm telling you, otitis, man, is huge. Yeah. Otitis is a big deal. Big deal. So at what point do we refer? I mean, Jason said he, he like he's petrified of skin cases. I, I didn't know? say petrified. Did you, just I heard petrified. I just said, I don't want to deal with it because it's gross. So go over there. Right. Go oh. Ashley <laughs> went to a lot of school to, to treat these things. Okay. She should treat it. So there you go. Never That's said right. petrified. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, what are you going to do? We get really gross stuff on the podcast, like eyeballs or something. I'm going to send them to Courtney Campbell so we can put them back in. <laughs> no. You take them out. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just send everything out. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, Jason, he, he serves as a hub yeah. for distribution, hub. distribution of veterinary cases. I think it's a gig for me. That's for sure. Ooh, it's, a, it's a side hustle. So, yeah. So, what is like kind of your favorite dermatology thing to walk through the door where you're like, Oh, that looks so exciting. You know, I actually do love ears and I have to love allergies because that's the majority of what I deal with. If I like the thing that gets me really excited, probably the two things that get me really excited just because I don't get to see them as often. And you can look from awful to amazing very quickly are mites. So I love a good Demodex because I can look like a hero very quickly. Right. I was going to say, I would, if that were my question, I would say mites because you actually literally almost overnight hero. Yeah. They just do so amazing. And I love a good autoimmune. I love a good <laughs> autoimmune. Like when their nose is falling off and then within a month or two, like they have a nose back, like it's a pretty cool feeling, even though they yeah. can be frustrating. Like it's a good mix up to the day. So then at what point should I, as a general practitioner, really, or, or even as a pet owner, because a referral is generally not required for dermatology. Like you can go to a specialist with your pet. It's better to have a referral, but as a pet owner, when should I start kind of expecting that referral? And as a general practitioner, when should I really be thinking I should refer this kind of, you know, where's that line? 
Yeah, and it will be different depending on the comfort of that general practitioner because there's general practitioners who do amazing dermatology and they might not sure. have a dermatologist they can refer to. In general, I think it's recurrence in the chronicity. Like if it's to the point where you feel like there's just ear infections happening and they're starting to happen more and more and closer together, getting mm-hmm. ahead of those cases with things like allergy testing and getting the underlying cause figured out can mm-hmm. save you a lot of time, frustration, and money rather than dealing with it. And then you have a horrific, you know, pseudomonositis that really does have to see a surgeon to get the ear taken out. Oh, yeah. So really when they start, I feel like when the infections start happening more and more closer together, or if you have an owner that's really proactive, like I've had pets referred to me after like two ear infections, because the owner's like, I want to know right now what the pet's allergic to and get ahead of this then really you will be your dermatologist's best friend if you get these cases to them early. Wow. Yeah. Those are my favorite when they come in and they're amazing, but they just want an allergy test. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. That's awesome. So what is your kind of, do you, do you think that general practitioners, should we be doing ear cytology on every single like suspect ear infection? I could preach the importance of cytology in anything skin and ears day in and day out. Um, Every, I mean, almost every case, unless it's a, I'm doing amazing. I'm just here for my blood work case. I'm pulling a slide out. So I look at every single ear and almost every single skin lesion under the microscope. Uh Because even if it's not that bad and they respond, like I judge when to stop my treatments. I judge you know, what we need to do for maintenance long-term based on even that follow-up cytology. So yeah, I, I look under the microscope for almost every case. Wow. Jason, how about you? How about me? What, what exactly is the question here? He doesn't see cases. He just, I just just send them them out. He refers them out, right? I mean, I just say that to be funny, but ear deals and skin deals, you know, I think every veterinarian, every general practitioner is going to try to treat at least once because you got to try, you have to try. Otherwise, a, you feel like a failure. I, let's be honest. It's what you're yeah. there for. And B, is something maybe you can do. So, so I think that when to refer is, is how busy you are, how much time you can give, and, and what, what your resources are. Like if I'm out in West Texas, I don't really have the ability to refer, except maybe with, you know, the fancy word we use nowadays, a telemedicine situation. Maybe we can kind of, kind of use that as a tool. Are you getting more and more of that these days with like, hey, th- here's a picture of this. I got a client 80,000 miles away. Well, I was actually, what is that, like five times on the earth? Anyways, uh, you know, <laughs> can you help out and just have a, have a picture? Or, or how does that work for it's a It's like a you're, if you're, are you treating a Mandalorian or something? Yeah, 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 Mandalorian. <laughs> baby, Yoda, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's got a got ear infection. You're treating baby Yoda for yeah. an ear infection. He could, right? That'd be, that'd be terrible, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, send him so, to you, Ashley, for sure. Hey, Yoda, yeah, Yoda, so do you? Do you guys I'm have to make a cover of some magazine if I get to treat baby Yoda? <laughs> oh yeah. But so do you guys use telemedicine in your practice or like, does it, is it effective? Yeah. So we are using telemedicine. Um, right now we're mostly doing, um, like clients. If like we in, listen, telemedicine doesn't replace seeing a patient in person. Like you, sure. you, you have to know that as an expectation. Yeah. Um, but we are having some cases just for various reasons where we, we will do telemedicine and sometimes the telemedicine just becomes a conversation of how it is that important for the patient to get in the door. Ah. We are very soon, um, my company in particular, we're going to start doing telemedicine to um, other veterinarians. So oh. just like you mentioned, there's states without dermatologists. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So opening up the door to things like that will be really important. And I think Jason actually hit 
unfortunately, another really good point. Come on! I know! Well, you have good points, too, but I feel like we need to give him some. Thank He's you. having a magical day. Yes, magical. <laughs> I'll just have to be off back, so I'll pump you up later, too. Um, no, I think it really does become, become on the comfort of the general practitioner as far as treating and how long they're going to deal with it and then the resources that they have. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the client's expectations, some people will not go see a specialist. Uh-huh. They just won't you, see another doctor. Do you think that's price? Like, because, I mean, I don't think dermatologists are, you know, super pricey for your pet, right? I think compared to someone like a surgeon, like that visit and that procedure is not going to be expensive, Ooh. but yeah. a little longer. The surgeon will probably see them twice. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you're following up with me for 10 years of your dog's life, like over time that can get expensive. I think mm -hmm. it can come down to price. I can also think it just comes down to some, some people just totally trust their vet. Like they it's have true. found that relationship and they're yep. stuck with their vet. And mm -hmm. the one thing I can say for general practitioners too, is if you really feel like that patient should be referred, don't give up re recommending the referral over and over again. Like mm -hmm. just because one time they said no. Cause I've mm -hmm. had several where I see in the record, like derm referral declined, derm referral declined. And oh, after wow. saying it over and over again, they finally go for it. Wow. So listen, as a specialist, do you ever have to, this is way out of, out of the topic here, but I'm just thinking, uh, which doesn't happen very often, so I kind of jump on it. So when- <laughs> Hold the phone in the candy verse. Jason has don't, a thought. Don't break it. I'm going to lose. I may have lost that thought. I have one <laughs> thought a day and I may have just lost it. Listen, do you find yourself walking the line like, oh, my veterinarian couldn't figure this out. I got to come see you. Why do I go to this guy anyways? That kind of that kind of deal with, uh, you know, some, I don't want to say older, but different generation of- Animal, maybe the younger animal owner is probably like, oh, no problem. I go to specialists. That's actually really good medicine. Yeah. Whereas a different generation is like, oh, this is terrible medicine. My GP should just be able to fix the whole world. Do you have to deal with that a lot? Yeah, sometimes. And, and I always have respect for my primary veterinarians because, you know, they are the ones seeing these cases frontline. Mm. And so what I always tell owners when they start bringing that up or like, why, you know, why I've been dealing this for four years and they couldn't fix it right. is one, I only do dirt. Like, that's it. Like, that's what I think day in and day out. And so it's easy for me to see something and say, oh, I think we should biopsy. Oh, I think we should do this. But I tell them if you, I don't have hit by cars running, you know, rushed in the right. clinic behind me. I'm not also dealing with, I wouldn't even know the first line for, anymore for like a seizuring right. dog. So uh -huh. it's just all that you do, then that's very different than having to manage all of those things. Ah, oh, good, point. good point. So, yeah. So, so I do think that is an issue. Sometimes the practitioners don't refer soon enough because they're yeah. concerned about a losing a client. I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate yeah. concern and be what is being said to, to them on the other end. I, I really doubt a lot of people are saying bad things, but still that's, that's something to be brought up uh, for sure. So yeah. I by mean, the way, Jen's first line defense for hit by car is, is Dex SB. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's not my first line empirical treatment for a cardiac case, just so you know. That would be Lasix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if Alan Spear is listening, he is laughing right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's interesting how um, telemedicine is coming about in the last year or so, right? Yeah. Um, you know, accelerating. I think that's fantastic, especially for skin because there's so many rechecks, um, yep. you know. And so I do think, I think you're right. Like we got to have that initial establishment and maybe some cases you have to see back every time, you know? 
I think that, yeah, absolutely. And I think to go to your guys' point about the general practitioner, like if you have specialists in your areas, get to know them. Cause also what can be really helpful is having that relationship with them mm-hmm. and set up the expectation. I have some referring vets who send them to me and they basically want to wipe their hands clean. And they're like, I, you manage it. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, like they don't want to do be that. me. Yeah. I don't want to cheat again. Call me when it's better. Yeah. They're like, you do it all. Like I That's will right. have my clients like do they flare with the ear infection. They'll go to their primary vet. And they're like, no, no, no. Like you're supposed yeah. to go to the dermatologist for that. But I, but then there's some that they, you know, they will maybe send them to me for allergy testing, but there's some portion that they still want to be involved. So when you kind of get to know your specialist and can set up the expectation, then it's just better for everybody and better for the patients, which is most important. Do you call that like happy hour with your friends in dermatology? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I would love to do that. I'm always about a happy hour. Young kids at home. Happy I know. I was, and day. I was just going to say, not only are you a dermatologist extraordinaire in Portlandia, uh, you're a mom. You've got two kids. Yeah, my three-year-old, I can hear, like, wants to come through the door soon. Yeah, I have a one-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter, so uh, they Oh, my God. Me. Not just kids. Little they're ones. They're babies. Yeah. They're attention. so little. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, to be fair, they're both, like, 99th percentile in height and weight. So, oh. so oh. they're... Uh, so they're like really a four-year-old, right? Right. Yeah. Well, literally my three-year-old wears 5T and oh my, my one-year-old is in 2T. Whoa. Whoa. And so you have a lot of uh, strength and energy. I try. It depends on the day, but I certainly try my best. I'm thinking that is because you are a, uh, are you phys- a physical trainer, a personal trainer or a coach or something? Yeah. So uh, kind of like an online health coach. Uh, a lot of other veterinarians are kind of in a group. It's, it's more set up as like an accountability group, but oh, yeah. we have certain workouts and certain um, healthy things we try to do and just support each other. As you guys know, it, there's a lot of parents in there, but there's a lot of single vets too. And no matter uh-huh. what, we all have our reasons that life gets crazy and it's yep. easy not to take care of ourselves. So it's, yes. It's, there's, I, there, yeah, there's not much better accountability than peer accountability for sure. Oh my goodness. For sure. Yeah, so you guys get out, you just get on a video chat and be like, Tom, you didn't work out last week. You're terrible. You're booted out. So that's not how I handle it. That's exactly how I would do it, right? 100%. I may be a little bit more empathetic. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's more, it's more just, um, like a group of people where if someone hasn't, we'll just like check in. Some people will do like, yeah you know, video call workouts together, but uh-huh. if you haven't seen someone for a while, it might be like, Hey, just what, what's going on? Like we all yeah. get crazy times in life that take o- over. So I can't say I'm going to take your approach, Jason. Uh, 100%, I, would, I would take that approach. I'd be like, yeah. Tom, you got one more chance and you're out, man. You're bringing the you're, team down. You're bringing well, the team down. The same people that I would oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That. Yeah. So Jason, do you have any other burning derm game, derm questions, or can we move to a game? Busting derm myths. Oh, no. I had another question, but that sounds way better. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Maybe you really um, have another question. Well, look at you calling me out. So oh! kind of, I did. I did. But it was a long question. We'll get to it maybe in another okay. podcast. I want to okay. play okay. busting derm myths. That's okay. Okay. very okay. exciting to me. All right. So um, really this is enough. kind of along the lines of like crazy stuff um, that clients have said, right? And, and a lot of them follow the phrase, I read on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right okay yes. so um like i have a shampoo that i really like to recommend i love it for healthy skin right like just for routine bathing 
thing or whatever. And so people will say, oh, no, no, I just use like um, my shampoo on my dog because it's high end and I get it at the salon. So should they be, it's okay to use human shampoo on pets? So in general, we usually recommend not to just because there's different pHs of the skin for dogs um, and cats compared to people. There are certain situations where we might use uh, like one or two human products, but usually because the pH is different, we don't recommend that like as a general statement. General statement. Yeah. Okay. So that's a myth. Um, What about Dawn? Dawn dish soap? Yeah. So that's, so if you're degreasing a pack, it cuts the grease. Yeah. Degreasing. Like not like, oh, you're like kind of oily, but like, you know, we have certain cases where they're just like you touch their fur and like your hand slips off. Um, then we will use actually Dawn dish yeah. soap sometimes to decrease, but usually not long term. Usually it's more kind of getting through whatever's causing that and then okay. switching. But you, you can in some cases use that to decrease. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to get to this because I know Dr. Jen's going to get to it because living on the farm, I know she's had it, but I worked for a bit in let's say a less than. Um, metropolis area once or twice mm-hmm. <laughs> and i worked with some uh some really good people but they had old school sort of thoughts yes and their dogs come in with this with this you know dermatological problem you know mm-hmm. and it was obviously mange right? not obviously mange but hey it's my first thought and so they said listen doc i got some extra motor oil it's okay right i'm gonna go ahead and put it, it worked okay. on my last dog used it has uh, to have already gone through the car yeah well okay oh, geez. Yeah, but I'm I'm not kidding. Like that's a real yes. thing. So so I need some expert uh, to tell me that that's true or not. I don't mean Jen. I mean you. No. Yeah, I'm gonna go with don't use motor oil on. No. Pets. What? Listen, I'm gonna like, throw that ever. out there. I know it sounds crazy. Right? Yeah. I know. Especially used and hot. Yeah. No, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. No motor oil on Fido. Okay. Gotcha. Got you know, it. Down some, um, some places. So here's here's another thing. People think that you should clean your pet's ears out every day with a Q-tip. Right. I would not. No, because um, the concern is, so dogs and then cats to some degree have an L-shaped ear canal. So if you go to just clean, like we sample for infection with a long Q-tip, but when you're talking about just cleaning it out, you're really risking pushing stuff from the vertical canal into the horizontal canal and just kind of trapping it in there. So that's why we usually recommend flushes because then it can get all the way deep into the ear canal. So I would definitely say do not use Q-tips with the purpose of cleaning out animal ears. Yes. So I think that's fantastic. So I'm going to ask you about a specific thing that clients always come in and say. They use like a homemade ear flush, like yeah. a vinegar. vinegar. Yeah. And I'm like, I usually look at them and say, would you put that in your ear? And the problem <laughs> is that some of them would. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or they dump alcohol in the pet's ear. Yeah. Ouch. right yeah there's some like there's some vinegar solutions like 50 50 if they just had a little yeast that actually could be effective the problem Mm -hmm. is if you're just making homemade products and you're not having a veterinarian actually examine the ear and look down you can't be sure that that eardrum's intact and then you're talking about putting something like really acidic like vinegar right like getting into the middle ear where like that you're balance apparatuses and where your hearing apparatuses like middle ears right next to all those things yeah so really careful about that kind of stuff so yeah, that's why you find out right away if it's intact so. i think but, yeah uh, you'll, you'll find out yeah, right right. 
Right. Okay. Not saying that's a good test, but no, 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 no. <laughs> so, um, Jason, do you have any other myths that we need to bust? Not a myth, but uh, it's okay to get my dog's ear wet. I should never get my dog's ear wet, right? That uh, going on the L-shaped canal thing. Can I get my dog's ear wet? Can I go swimming? Is it bad? Is it terrible? Yeah, no, yeah, they can go swimming in a normal dog. They'll they have little cilia in their ear that bring things up, and it'll dry on its own. Um, but you can, you know, you can have different conformations, different lengthenings of ear canals. So if, if that is a cause of concern to cause ear infections, then you just need to get a product from your vet as far as helping to clean them when they're done. But my philosophy is dogs should be dogs. It's our job to manage them, to be able to do these things that they right. should be able to do, like swimming and running and weed. I love and- that. Dogs should be dogs. Yeah. Even Cocker yeah. Spaniels. That's Even Cocker Spaniels. <laughs> yeah. When we allergy test, that's what I tell owners. They always think, oh my gosh, they're allergic to 20 things. Like grass. What are you do? Like they can't go outside to go on the grass to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Dogs should be dogs. My job is to figure out what works for your dog so that they can live that normal life. Oh my gosh. That's such a lovely sentiment. I think like we're like we're ending today's lovely podcast with that. Dogs should be dogs. dogs. And it's all of our job to help them be able to live that normal, healthy life. Right? Absolutely. Oh, I That's love what it. Here for. Oh, I love it. I love it. So Ashley, um, Dr. Bourgeois, um, <laughs> can you tell us how people can connect with you? Because I think you have a podcast of your own. I do. Thank you. Yeah. So I know it's something that I kind of just, my whole passion is just to teach germ to veterinarians and just in a fun, digestible, easy way with our crazy lives, Mm -hmm. um, which is very similar to what you guys are doing, getting this great information out there. So I do have a podcast. It's called the Derm Vet Podcast. I don't make things very complicated. Um, You can find it on iTunes, right? iTunes, Spotify, yeah, like all the major ones. Yeah, she's big time. It, she's everywhere. I know. And is this for like, or is it for vets or pet owners or both or who's it for? Mostly for veterinarians. So okay. what it's kind of turned into is having other dermatologists. I recently had a neurologist on, like just talking about common derm ear issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I'll tell you what, I, I'll get I'll get one of them cowboys on. They'll call you up. You guys are gonna have a, a whole podcast about the benefits of motor oil on a dog, right? Wait, you you're not down. saying it right. It's motor oil. Whatever. Motor oil. <laughs> I put them some used motor oil, and I can say it because that's how I say oil. Yeah. <laughs> I say yeah. oil. Anyway, that's so fabulous. So, folks, if you want to find Dr. Ashley Bourgeois while she's out in Portlandia and you don't want to travel to the Pacific Northwest, you can find her on iTunes or Spotify on the Derm Vet Podcast. Uh, or you can find her sometimes visiting the Candyverse here with us on, uh, in other news. So this has been a wonderful discussion about Durham. Thank you so much, Dr. Bourgeois, well, for joining I, I'm us. I'm sure she's got a website. That are, what's, what's the website? Is there a oh, website the Dur- can go see yeah. Oh, you guys are like spying on me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on uh, – I have a website just recently launched. I'm kind of formulating. It's, it's thedermvet.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as the Derm Vet. So I, it's all the Derm Vet. Whoa, Whoa. She loves her some dog and cat skin. Okay. Nice. So so we'll put this in the episode notes um, for uh, this podcast. And uh, you guys should do two things today. If you're not already following Vet Candy on the socials, uh, myvetcandy.com, at myvetcandy. Uh, then you should also follow the Derm Vet, right? At what is it at the derm vet or at derm vet the derm vet yep at the derm vet yep at the derm vet beautiful and the derm vet.com so dr ashley bourgeois educating us up on dermatology i'm dr jen 
And I'm Dr. Jason. And thanks so much for joining us on this episode of In Other News. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.